For those of you that I've never met, um, sorry about that. <laughs> um, my name's Phil, um, it's great to see you. I'm part of the leadership team at Jubilee. And um, yeah, so we're starting um, this week on our new um, teaching series of uh, God of this city. And um, do you know what? This I've got the wobbliest... I fit, I, I thought like, you know, like the foundations of Christ were supposed to be secure and solid. I feel like I'm going to break it. I mean, it's okay, Dan. I'll be, I'll be all right. <laughs> oh, thank you. Isn't Dan brilliant? <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Shiny shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't say no. <laughs> At Jubilee, we take really seriously the, um, God's word and God's plans and God's vision for transformation of the city of Hull and serving the poor and serving those in need. We take it really, really seriously. And that's why we do Life College. We do Life College because we want to meet the needs of the poor. We want to meet the needs of people that are lonely and are isolated and broken and we want to bring them in and to a place where they can start to get renewed and fixed and you know what some christians don't believe that and i find that really really strange i find it really strange because when i read god's word i find that god's heart is for the poor and um i know for me when i first got saved and I was I was I wasn't like I am now nice person redeemed I wasn't like that at all but the but the one thing that I was really passionate about was the poor the very first thing that Debs and I ever did in terms of ministry was cook Christmas dinner for the homeless on Christmas day for the first Christmas we were saved that's what we did and I and I think the reason for that is because I'd read some of the book and the book said that I should. And so we did it. And I find it really, really strange that, um, that all Christians don't carry this compassion for the poor. I, it, it blows my mind that, that, you would, that you would read God's word, that you would be a Christian and you wouldn't have that conclusion. In Acts 6, as the church um, starts just after Pentecost, the apostles were preaching God's word, but they were feeding the widows in their community. It, it's there in the book. And it became too much for them. And it says, um, let's, get, let's, get, let's get a team. It's always good to get a team. And I want to say to you, if you've, if you've got some time during the week, then we've got loads of things going on with social action. You know, we do showers, we do laundry, we do life college. Um, we have a team serving um, the big issue. We, you know, we, we give away sleeping bags and, and coats and shoes and socks and undies and other things. And, you know, we just bless the people that come to us. People are coming all the time. All day, every day, people are coming. And we've got loads of room for you to volunteer. And in Act 6, um, they needed to raise up a team. They said, let's get a team to help with the feeding of the poor. And so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicona, and Timon, and Parmenas, 
and Nicholas, and they gave them the task, men of, of renown, men full of the Holy Spirit, and they, they laid hands on them, and they equipped them to look after the poor, the first deacons that you see in the Bible, leaders of ministry, very important ministry to the poor. The poor are so close to God's heart, and so is justice. God is a God of love. He's a God of justice. And if we carry his spirit and we receive his heart, we will be too. So what does the Bible say? Proverbs 21, 13 and 14. Whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. Ouch. Proverbs 31, 8 and 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Proverbs 28, 7. Those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. 1 John 3, 17 and 18. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Question mark. That scripture changed my life. It really did change my life because I had to answer that question. God asked me to answer that question. Matthew 19, 21. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give them to the poor and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Ezekiel 16, 49. Now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and the needy. Some of you think that Sodom was destroyed because of the other thing. But Ezekiel tells us that no, the, the first thing was that they were haughty, that they were fat and over, overfed, unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. Proverbs 14, 31. Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. But whoever is kind to the needy honors God. Do you want to honor God today? I know I do. Do you want to honor God? If you want to honor God, you, want to, you have to feed the poor. You have to be interested in the needs of the poor. Proverbs 22, 9. The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Proverbs 29, 7. The righteous care about, the, about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. Proverbs 19, 17. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. Psalm 37. I'm going to ignore that one. Uh, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that through his poverty we might become rich. Deuteronomy 15, 7. If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any towns of the land your God is giving you today, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards them. Are you getting this, church? Are you getting this? It's everywhere, isn't it? I mean, how many books have I read out of so far? I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep going if that's okay. So I think we need to hear this this morning. Isaiah 58. And if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy, God moment, and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. Job 29, 12. Because I rescued the poor who cried for help and the fatherless who had none to assist them. Job 30, 25. Have I not wept for those in trouble? 
Has not my soul grieved for the poor? Psalm 82, 3 and 4. Defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Psalm 140, 12. I know that the Lord secures justice for the poor and upholds the cause of the needy. Isaiah 1, 17. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Isaiah 41, 17. The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched and with thirst. But I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. True fasting, Isaiah 58, 6 and 7. Is this not the kind of fasting that I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, and set the oppressed free, and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry, and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? And when you see the naked, to clothe them, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Jeremiah 22, 16. Speaking, this is um, speaking about King Shalom, the son of Josiah. And he said, he defended the cause of the poor and the needy. And so all went well with him. Is this not what it means to know me, declares the Lord. Is this not what it is to know me? that you would defend the cause of the poor and the needy. Luke 12, 33, sell your possessions, give to the poor, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. Luke 14, 13, but when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. I find it really interesting, you know, that when we, when we do food, the, um, the poor know that they're invited. <laughs> Have you noticed that? I love that, though, don't you? I love that. They know that they can come. When, if, 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 we, if we ever do food at Jubilee, the poor know that they can come. They know that they're welcome to come. Where it doesn't matter what meeting it is, whether it's a, um, a newcomer's meeting or it's a, a, a community barbecue or whatever, the poor know that they're welcome. And they come, and they take advantage of that, and it's great, and we love it. True religion, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is to this, to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And this is the last one I'm going to read, and then I'm going to talk. James 2, 15 and 16. Suppose a brother or sister was without clothes and daily food, and if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? What good is it? What good is it? See, it's very practical, isn't it? Now, I've just read 24 scriptures. Right? There are 2,000 plus in God's word. 2,000 plus. 2,000 plus scriptures about poverty and justice. I've got, a, I've got a whole Bible called the Poverty and Justice Bible where it's like underlined every, every text and it's amazing, isn't it, that, that and, and that's why his jubilee, right, for us, it's important. Yes, the gospel is important, and we're going to come on to that, but we, we, better be, we better be a church that loves the poor. We better be a church that don't harden our hearts to those coming towards us. We better be a church that has 
um, hearts open. And do you know what? It's, it's not easy, is it? Those of you that are on the front line, that are working with people in need, it's not easy, is it? Because you, you get manipulated, get ripped off. Sometimes you get tracked badly. It's hard, isn't it? But God gives you the grace to do it. We've all been in that place where we, 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 we don't really know what to do. Where, it, where it's difficult. Where we feel useless and unable to meet um, a need. Where, where people come and bring you their stuff. Their broken lives. And, and in that moment you've got to somehow try and, and do something about it. We've all been there, haven't we? It's tough. It, it can be messy. It can be, it can be distressing. It can be difficult. But I want to tell you that God is right there in the middle of the mess. Wherever the mess is, God, God is not void of that mess. God is right there in the middle. Whenever I've been in places, not just in Hull, but in, when I've been in like places where there's extreme poverty in Malawi, I know that God is right there, right, right there with me in that situation he, because he's he's close to the poor and my challenge to you is this if Jesus the king of kings can get down in the dirt with the poor like he did then to follow him must mean that we've got to do the same we, we, we've got to there isn't an excuse if Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the King of glory, could humble himself and be born in a pooey stable in Bethlehem and, 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 and sit with the, the poor and the beggars in the dirt and the dust, if he can do that, then we better, we better do that. And that's why Jubilee does all of the social action and we'd love to do so much more. It's, like, it's not something that we'd like to reduce, we'd like to do more. Because we know that it's a, an expression of the good news of Jesus Christ. It's difficult. I want to tell you a story about Maddie. To put into context a little bit about why we welcome everybody that comes. Maddie's 18 next week. She was born to a mum that um, was unfortunately sexually abused and her mum um, at a young age became a heroin addict. When Maddie was 10 years old, no, when Maddie was 8 years old, her mum had another baby and by the time Maddie was 10, she was looking after her little sister in the home. Eventually, social services... Eventually, social services took Maddie into care. And she got some great foster parents. And she did really, really well for a time. But she always wanted to go back to her family. Who wouldn't? She ran away from a foster home many times and sometimes would go and see her estranged father who would just beat her up and send her off. 
And, um, and when she was 14, she started running with the gangs. She'd run away and she'd be found in, in cars with strange men or in, in um, you know, squats and bedsits with strange people. And so she had to leave the foster home and she was moved into um, a children's home where she would run with the gangs and disappear and be picked up by the police. And then when she was 16, she decided she was going to try and go back to mum. So she ran away and she went to live with mum. But mum just booked a hotel room and prostituted her and sold her. Maddie turns 18 next week. And the thing is, is that all she ever wanted was a family. All she ever wanted was a family. And the thing is, is that a lot of the people that we meet throughout the week have got backstories like that. Some not quite as bad as that some worse it's called childhood trauma and it uh, and it doesn't matter if you're um, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 it affects you and the, the only solution to this problem is Jesus Jesus because Jesus comes and men's broken hearts and broken lives. And some of you in this room can testify to that. That Jesus mends broken hearts and broken lives. Ezekiel promises to give us a new... In Ezekiel it promises to, that God will give us a new heart. And put a new spirit in us. And, and remove from us our heart of stone. And give us um, a heart of flesh. Some of us need heart surgery. Some of us need heart surgery. Because I, I don't know about you, but when I see people um, in, in, on the street in doorways, I don't see a problem. I see a maddie. I see a broken person needing help. I see a broken person. And you know, many of us were broken at one time and Jesus has put us back together again. And we need to stand in the gap and do that for others. That's why we do what we do. Why we do what we do. So next time you see somebody um, that looks like they're out of control and the, 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 they don't look like they're doing great, just remember that you don't know where they've come from. You don't know their backstory. But um, when I used to work in the prison, in my chapel group, every single one of the lads that I would have in my group had, uh, would come from a fatherless situation. And so there was trauma. 
in their lives. What makes Jubilee different from all the other charities that are out there? What defines us as different? What makes Life College different from other activities that go on in the city when there are a lot of good things? Well, it's us. It's what we carry as a church. It's what we carry as a people. We carry the kingdom. And we, we carry mercy. We have mercy. We are merciful. Our DNA, or I'd love our DNA to be that of mercy. Because we have received mercy, we can show mercy. And then the other thing we have is the gospel. We know that Jesus Christ died on a cross for us to take away from us all of the sin, all of the brokenness, and heal us, and and, and give us a new life and a new start. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That's good news. Not only can we offer the the broken people coming to us healing, but we can offer them eternal life through Jesus. It's, It's amazing, isn't it? You don't have to you know, you don't have to live the way you've been living. You can change. God, God can bring about change through the gospel, through the cross. When Jesus was dying on the cross, he was taking the rap, he was taking the pain, he was taking all of the mess for Maddie and for me and you and for the rest of the brokenness of this world to redeem us and make us right with his son Jesus, to make us fit for, the, for heaven. And that's what he does. And that's what we offer him. You know, I mean, how many of you have like just given your lives to Jesus in the last few years? Yeah, put your hands up. If you've given your lives to Jesus in the last few years and look, look around. You know, and God's made a difference and changed lives. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Psalm 113, 7 and 8. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes with the princes of his people. God indeed lifts needy, the needy from the ash heap. And the thing is, he involves us in the lifting. He, he involves us in the lifting. I don't know where your heart is right now, but do you want to be involved in the lifting? Lifting the needy from the ash heap and, and, and seating them with princes? Seeing transformation in the in the people around you that you meet, seeing transformation in the city. He is the God of this city. Yeah? He is the God of this city. And the more we get on board with that, the more we're going to see lives transformed. You know, it's great that we've got new people on the recovery course, got off to a really good start this week with, you know, the social that they had. And, you know, we'll be praying, pray for the recovery course as people come um, with broken lives and, and, Start to recover from addictions. Pray for, you know, Life College as it kicks back in next week and all of the communities and the relationships and the conversations and, the, and you know, and the community that is here. It's, it's wonderful. But remember, you've got a part to play. Next time you pass somebody that in the street that needs your help or... The, the, the most basic thing that you can do is say, what's your name? What's your name? 
And if you've got a bit of time, ask them about themselves. Uh, it's never convenient, is it? It's never going to be convenient. You know, serving the poor is never convenient. But it's something that we have to do. Would the band like to come back? Or would you like to stand? Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you that you are the God of all compassion, all grace, all mercy. And Lord, you, Jesus, you just showed us how to love God and love people. And Lord, we want that heart too. And Lord, as I think Jason's already said today, we do pray that you come and break our hearts with the things that break your heart. And Lord, we want to be lifting the needy from the ash heap with you. We want to partner with you in, in bringing change into people's lives, broken lives like Maddie and many, many, many others. Lord, we want to be the the conduit of change. We want to bring change into people's lives. And Lord, where there are stones in our hearts, Lord God, we pray, would you come and break our hearts, Lord God? Come and break our hearts, Lord God. Remove those stones, Lord God, and give us a heart of flesh. Help us to feel again, Lord God. Help us to feel again, Lord God. Help us to feel, Lord God, when we see the brokenness around us, help us to feel. And as we...